trust that comes, yeah. It will be fine. Look, yeah. I'll, I'll turn it this way. <laughs> I'll face this way, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be fine. This is fine, okay? Just, you'll forget that the mic is on yeah. in a couple minutes. So, let's do this. Oh, and if there's something that you don't like, you don't like how you sound, you want to start over, you could just stop and be like, oh, I want to say this again. So, this way, when Daniel edits, he knows to remove what was before. Okay. So, don't worry about it. Like, it's easy peasy. We're going to be fine. And if all fails, only like a couple hundred people. (laughs) That's it. You know, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. All right. So, you ready to rock and roll? Yeah. And welcome back to the Advice from Hannah show, holiday edition. We have a special guest in the house, Molly. But before we get started, I want to thank you for tuning in. This is an episode that I've been wanting to do for a while now, and I found the perfect person to do it with. Not pun intended, or not. Nonetheless, Molly, welcome. Hi, hi, Hannah. Glad to be here. Yay! So, <laughs> tell us a bit about yourself. Like, what's yeah. your name? What's your what's 411, girl? <laughs> I know, I've been trying to think of how to summarize this. So, yeah, my name's Molly. I'm from St. Catherine, so... About an hour outside of Toronto, close to Niagara Falls, and yeah, I grew up there, and I had basically the, uh, it's okay, it's Toronto, Um, yeah, the quintessential kind of Canadian upbringing, so I grew up uh, on a pond, so the pond was in the backyard, my dad built us a rink in the front yard, and so I grew up on figure skates and started skating from about the time I was two I think um, and yeah I was quite competitive uh, also a competitive gymnast I was on the national team for both sports and I ended up skating professionally with Disney on ice and so everyone always asks me like what character were you and um, I was never a princess I was a, a fish on Finding Nemo and then in my last year with that I was on High School Musical so that was you know a, literally a, a dream job was in a different city or country sometimes every week and I came home from that and I finished up my degree in psychology and then I did uh, a postgraduate certificate in wine business management because I had an interest in the wine industry and had worked in it throughout university and then I actually did a master's in international business which took me abroad which also included wine so I was working at a winery over there and then I came back home and went through quite a, a low point I was quite lost And I had a friend in Australia, literally almost as a joke, just reach out to me and say, hey, like I need a roommate, why don't you just come over to Australia? And I said, give me a week. And I had, like I was so broke, I had no money, but I I maxed out my credit card on a one-way flight and I went over there. And I did always wanna go there, I just didn't think it would be that soon. And I thought, you know, I wanna be in the wine industry, so I'll go over to Australia. And I had this really big pull to go to Melbourne, which I can't explain, which often you can't explain why you have those things. So I went to Melbourne and ended up getting a job in tech sales. And that company is the company I'm still with today. So I work in the tech industry in Toronto and I'm a recruiter. So I'm at the head of our uh, recruitment team and I hire for all of our offices across Canada and in New York. And so that's my job. <laughs> and, um, you know, one of the things that I failed to mention that throughout that whole time, kind of that whole timeline that I just 
spieled off to you. Um, I was struggling with bulimia. So bulimia and quite heavy depression to the point mm -hmm. where I was suicidal in, in grade 11 of high school and no one would ever have known. So from the outside, my life appeared pretty normal. Um, and so yeah, I struggled with that and that struggle led to kind of what all my little side hustle is about. And so I think with anyone going through recovery, oftentimes you can become quite, um, I don't know, involved in a spiritual type of world or just kind of, you put a lot of trust in that. So yeah, I became a, a yoga and meditation teacher. So I do that on the side. I write a lot. And then recently I self-published a poetry book. So that is it in a, in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, it's a lot to take in and one go, but yeah. I love it. And I don't know how to skate. So we'll have to go skating one time, maybe at Nathan Phillips Square. Yeah. I, there's no walls there. <laughs> I need the wall. Yeah, it's okay. I really should go. Yeah. I'm down. Now you yeah. guys heard her that we're going skating. So now <laughs> the world has heard you. So now we have to go. But it's interesting how you had such public careers, we can say. Mm. You were in the public eye for mm, so long. A lot, yeah. Skating and things like that. How did you even, like, combat all that? Because going home for you must have been like, oh, what's going Coming on? home from tour, from yeah. Disney. Yeah, it was the biggest transition. And, you know, a lot of times when I look at me eating disorder, um, it wasn't, I love this quote, I heard it on a podcast once, and it had to do at the time with addiction, I think mm. all addiction, but it was, um, the problem wasn't the problem, it was the solution to a problem. So my bulimia was not the problem, mm. it was the solution to a much deeper problem. So I always looked at it when it would come up in my life as, okay, this is a symptom that something is not quite right. And obviously when I came home from tour, I was really unhealthy, and a lot of people probably think I was quite unhealthy on tour because you have that you know you know professional skater and all of this pressure on how you mm -hmm. look and we literally were weighed in <laughs> uh, weekly and then we had a, a weight restriction and all of that but I was healthy because I was doing something that really filled me up you know so I came home and, and really struggled but I think a lot of people ask me like why did you stop when you did because I only mm -hmm. did it for about two and a half years and my mom my mom was an ex-pro skater as well she did it for like eight so a lot of people get you know, in that world and it's very hard to come out of it. But I always said I gave up a good life so I could have a great life. And so we'll see <laughs> how that fares out. But um, there were times when you just, you wanna go back. Like there were so many moments when I was like gonna email my ex performance director and be like, I wanna come back to tour. You know, you go back from being, like I said, in a different country almost every week to sitting in a classroom with students much younger than you and you're just like what am I doing and you go back to the beginning but you have to you have to start somewhere but that was a really challenging time in my life yeah I can only imagine what you went through especially like if you guys were here you would see that she's so like strong and like ah, <laughs> and then like I'm just like oh my god I want to hold you and like cover you forever <laughs> what, what has gone what has gone wrong no. um Especially now, I, I find, because this is a holiday edition and during mm. the holidays, there's like a million social settings mm. that you need to be in. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. myself because like yeah. my calendar looks wild. How would somebody, in a sense, struggling silent, silently, 
handle that situation? Like, what, what mm. would you do? Especially you were on tour. So that's like a party every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, like, I wasn't, I wouldn't say that I, I was fully in recovery mode at that point. I was just purely struggling. And so mm-hmm. how was I handling social situations? It was really tough. Um, I think one of the things that you have to do at some point is reach out for help. Um, but I always was a big, big journaler. So that was my person that I spoke to was my mm-hmm. journal. Mm-hmm. So I guess at that time, it was a huge outlet for me. Like I, I would write so much maybe before having to go to a get together or after because I, I really had no one else to talk to and no one else knew. Mm-hmm. Later on in my recovery, when I actually was working with someone, there were so many things that I could start to put into place before a social get together. Because, yeah, they're hard, like, they're hard for anyone, let alone if, you know, because the, usually the central point of a social gathering is food. And if that is a really difficult thing for you to be around, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a recipe for disaster. But, yeah, for things, you know, to back up and answer your question, like what I started working towards once I had that knowledge was you really do have to plan ahead. And actually... correct myself I think you have to know your bigger why like why am I actually gonna put this effort into getting better or just really getting honest about my relationship with food because if you don't have that why and you don't really want to get better you can make a million plans and you can set a million intentions before you walk through the doors of a party but it will never play out the way you want so you have to really get honest with yourself and just know that I want to get better and this is why and have that why at the forefront of your mind because that's what's going to help you get through any situation but yeah I kind of briefly touched upon it but I would just you know try to center myself um, before kind of taking some deep breaths before I knew what meditation was Mm -hmm. Um, setting an intention which I, I think that word is sometimes like so overused and it's so abstract like what is an intention but it's really just like you know what do you what type of feeling do you want to be in? At least that's what I think about. Um, And usually it's just the word present. Like I just want to go into this situation and be present. Like how can I be more engaged in the conversation around me than the food in front of me? So really just going in there being, okay, my intention is to be present and and fully, you know, engaged with the people because you can be physically somewhere and just mentally not there. Um, and yeah, I think you have to kind of take those mini check-ins throughout the time that you're at social get-togethers because it's tough. Um, and also knowing your triggers, and that's another word that gets overused, but you know, if a conversation comes up that makes you uncomfortable, you have permission to leave or exit the room or you don't need to take part in it. And um, yeah, I think... There's other little things, I guess, but I don't want to go on forever. But No, yeah. please. This, yeah. is, this is your episode. You can go on yeah. <laughs> as long as you like. So, yeah, I know other things that helped with social get-togethers. Um, and it's funny. There's some things that I would use, and they would work, and then they wouldn't. So I think it's all about experimenting. Um, one thing that helped me, I'm not sure if I'm getting the word right. The word that's coming to mind is like a touchstone, but something physical that would bring you back into the present moment, that would bring you back into your body. Because a lot of times with eating disorders, it's such a disassociation between your mind and your body. It's like an out-of-body mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have no sense of, of your bodily sensations sometimes. So 
I would, oftentimes I would write a little quote and I would fold it up and I would put it in my pocket and that would just be enough. I would, I would just feel that piece of paper and I would just be like, yep, that's, it's a quote that's gonna kind of, kind of keep me, you know, powering through or I would have a bracelet. I could look at it and touch it and be like, okay, like just something to, to bring you back into the present moment, a, a necklace or something. Or, you know, I don't want to categorize that as like a female going through these issues because it's not just that. Um, the, like a, a note on your phone. So my notes are like full on my phone, but um, I remember like quickly just pulling up a quote or something. So just something that can keep you focused and keep you grounded. Um, and one thing that I remember, because I used to work with an eating disorder specific coach. So mm -hmm. she would give me these things. And, and yeah, some, like I said, sometimes they would work and sometimes they wouldn't. She was big on, she called it a bookend. Um, and that was so kind of mentally I would have a finish line to my evening. And that was like maybe you go and you already set a book on your bed or your pajamas are folded on your bed so that you know when you can get home, you put that on, you grab your book and you can relax. So you have that something that just kind of marks the end of, of your day that you can look forward to. You have a plan for when you leave. But um, yeah, a lot of times like I, I struggled a lot with social situations. Um, let's say I was good throughout the time and then I would get home and the binge purge would happen because you've just been through so much. It's like you just can't handle it. Like you're, you're on edge and some people come home and they have a, you know, a drink to take the edge off. I would come home and just the binge purge would happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I remember briefly explaining to you this, this concept that she had given me and it has always stuck with me. And it's kind of what made us think about talking about a graceful exit was because sometimes I would have those bad episodes because I, in a sense, pushed it too far. I overstayed my welcome mentally kind of. And she said to me, you know, if you were a parent and there was, um, you had a kid with you that was just acting up and, you know, you're, they were kicking and screaming and they were, you know, just, you know, just causing a fuss. They were, they were throwing a tantrum or maybe you had a crying baby that was coming down with a fever and they were really sick. She's like, what would you do? You would go to the host of the party and say, I'm really sorry. I've got a kid that's acting up. We've got to go. And you leave. And she said, you have to put yourself in the position that, yes, you don't have a child, but inside you have something that's kicking and screaming for your attention at all times. And if it becomes too much and you need to leave, you have to know that you can. And I know that's hard if you go to a party and you're not driving yourself and, you know, but if, if, if it's getting that serious for you, have that exit plan, like, you know, know that you can leave when you need to. Um, because yeah, inside you've got this, this side of you that is just, you know, getting, trying to get your attention, kicking and screaming, and you feel your body just getting more agitated. And if you keep telling them to be quiet, sure enough, you get home and boom, like they'll win the, win the argument, I guess. It's kind of a weird way to think about it, but it always really stuck with me. So I just, you know, gave myself permission. It was like, I really got to go. So yeah. So I'm not sure if that helps. No, well, that was phenomenal because you touched so many key points mm. that if if you guys aren't casting all these gems, like I need you to go back and listen. Mm. Um, you you touched upon giving yourself permission to mm. leave, mm -hmm. and I find that adults, or I, I'm saying adults, everybody, because I'm 30 now, but <laughs> <laughs> still young, still young. I find that adults are still seeking permissions from others to leave. Mm. So for the fact that you have 
just brought to light to somebody listening that they have the power to leave a room it's hard yeah it makes you feel really selfish and that's the big thing that you struggle with you just feel so selfish and yeah, it's such a hard feeling to grasp but I just used to think like is it worth risking my recovery in order to make someone else feel socially comfortable you know or, or glad that I stayed and it wasn't so I, I you have to be honest with yourself but it's a really hard conversation and you just feel so selfish for, for putting yourself that that much ahead of everyone because you're so used to never doing that especially if you're a parent and you know, I can't speak to that, but um, yeah, you just feel incredibly selfish, but you've just, it's your health. And, you know, we all know that if you don't fill your own cup, you have nothing to give to others. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just a matter of getting really honest with yourself and, and just knowing that if you don't put yourself first, then all of your other relationships will actually begin to suffer because of that. So it's, it's difficult to do, but it's, sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. I have to ask you, for those that may not be as well-versed as you of leaving a place, like, when their insides are screaming, like, what are some, like, kind of lines that you could say? Like, I usually, when I have to go <laughs> somewhere, I'm like, I gotta love you and leave you, and then yeah, I just leave. But, yeah. like, what is something that maybe you can say, like, so that somebody mm. can possibly use in the near future for them yeah. to exit gracefully? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it changes so much on the setting that you're in. Mm-hmm because it depends on how well those people know you and how honest you can be with them. And at the end of the day, I have a a really good friend that works in the mental health space and she's such a great um, uh, example for me of being able to say no with no explanation. So a part of you can say, I have to go with no explanation whatsoever and know that that's okay. But we're just so accustomed to having an excuse, I guess. To be honest, I don't want to say lying, but you know, you just like I don't feel well. Really, the truth is, you don't feel well. <laughs> so you could say that I've got a headache. I've got something tomorrow morning. You know, some like have like a, a something that you can say and mm-hmm. feel okay about yourself. You know, we're not we're not lying to hurt someone. We're we're just trying to remove ourselves from a situation which could potentially harm us in the in the long run. So yeah, if, if you're close with them and if they know what you're going through, they're gonna understand. But yeah, like I just would be like, I've, I've got, I'm really tired or I've got a headache or I've, just, I've gotta mm-hmm. go. Um, but yeah, I think it really depends on the setting. If it's a really, it's a, if it's an event where you just work colleagues, like a networking event, just leave. <laughs> what, what do they call that, the Irish egg? It's so bad, but like people do it. But um, yeah, if it's, it's, it's really, like I said, you give yourself that permission. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do, but then I think the benefits come the day after. Even when you sit there after, you're like, oh, I could have stayed. And what do they call it? Like, there's the fear of missing Bum. out. But Bum. then there, there's that other one. It's the like Joe, 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 Joy of missing out. Yeah, it is. It's still a battle. Like, you know, you want to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, um, but for myself, especially, like, until just this year, I was not open about any of this stuff. So if I was leaving, like, no one knew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I always felt so bad because, I, like I said, I don't have a kid. So I would be sitting there and I'd be like, yeah, but all my friends, like, they're going to be woken up by a, a child at 6 a.m. I have no excuse to say anything at home, you know. And no, that's not the point. Like, I've, I've got my own issues and I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To take care of yourself. I, I commend you for even coming on here and just, like, 
you already know yeah. everything <laughs> to us. I, like, I feel so thankful and seriously honored that you're here. Mm. Um, it's an important subject, and I feel like I need to, we need to put it on blast mm. so everybody can understand that, you know what, I don't feel well right now, and it doesn't mean that, like, it's I have a fever or something noticeable or I have, like, mm-hmm. red spots all over my face, mm-hmm. but I need to go. Yeah, and, and you don't know, everyone's fighting their own battle, right? So you don't really know why they might need to go. It could have something in the room might have triggered them, you know? You just, you never know, so we have to be accepting of that, and yeah. If it makes you feel any better, I lately think that words have feelings, so, like, words are very... Could you? Like, they... So the words that you say... Words carry a lot of power and energy behind them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they have feelings. So the right. words and the tone that you use... Yeah. So if I'm somewhere and somebody says something that bothers me, mm-hmm. I leave. Mm, okay. Because I'm like, you're you're not you're not respecting the word and you're using it. Like, it's just, I'm a weirdo. But it just... <laughs> <laughs> it just bothers me yeah. so much that people like... Especially when it and you don't know what bothers people, you know, the littlest thing it could mean nothing. And that's where you don't know, like, when someone's like, oh, I think so-and-so is in the bad. You never know. You have no idea. I hate gossip. Gossip. You just have no idea how me. someone receives something. Like, it's lost in translation. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard battle to, to pick. But, you know, I, I do appreciate the tips that you've given of kind of just saying, hey, you know what? I gotta go. <laughs> it sounds like, but yeah, yeah. It, you know what? We keep it real on here, okay? We keep the real on the show. Yeah. I like when everybody's honest, and because it, even though they're not watching you, you can feel honesty in a tone. So everything that you just said is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have something in common. We don't have kids, but mm-hmm. somehow people seem to think that we have endless money and we can stay out to six a.m. And mm-hmm. it's not the case because you have goals and, and things to do. How do you deal with the judgment of your family and friends when you have to exit? That's such a good question. I think you, you it's so hard to actually do this because it's so easy to say, but you can't care so much about what other people think. You just can't. <laughs> it's so hard. It has stopped me from doing so much in my life. Like, um, like that, that poetry book, for example. Like it sat there for over two years because I was so scared of what other people would think. And I, and I also remember, I was so young, I was on tour when, when someone said this to me, and again, it's always stuck with me, is that we spend so much time thinking about what other people think about us, and most of the time they aren't. Like, we some, we're just think we're too, like, more special than we are. Like, no one actually <laughs> cares. Like, you leave, they don't care. They're going to go on with their life. They actually aren't thinking about you as much as you think they're thinking about you. So, yeah, it's so much easier said than done. But um, you just have to try your best to know what's best for you, do what's best for you. And a lot of times if people have an issue with that, this, uh, this gets said a lot too, but it's, it's the own issues they have within themselves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the mirror. It's the truth mirror right, that right. they see. Even though sometimes you're getting like judged so harshly because of the decisions that you make, what you wear, what you eat, how you look like, what you're yeah. doing with your spare time. We can go on and on and on about what people don't like about me. There's yeah. a long list. But <laughs> it, at the end of it all, I, I've said it on here before and I say it all the time. You sleep next to you mm. every night. It's you. You put your head on You're your You're accountable for yourself, yeah. 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 So you have to, in a sense, like watch your own ass. Like it, it's, it's blunt and it's how I say it, but it's how it comes out. So 
if you're being judged by somebody, family, friend, or anything, like what I say is, you know what? I respect your point of view. I get where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but I think otherwise. And then mm-hmm. we can kind of leave it at that. But when you're battling something internally, like you have or so many people, mm-hmm. a comment like that could just shut you down. Mm-hmm. It could shut you down for months. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 hard to do, but it's definitely beneficial for you in the long run. Yeah. I was I was talking to somebody older and she's like ninety. She looked very well. And I'm like, what did you do? She's like, I didn't care about anything. Oh my god. You know what? I'm not I'm, you're not the first person I've heard that from. I, I've, like, in multiple times in my life, I've either heard stories of, like, someone, like, you right mm-hmm. now telling me how you saw someone that looked really well. Um, and just the other day, obviously, people on Instagram, I, there's this girl on Instagram that just looks amazing. I think she's, like, 50 or something. And she was giving her top tips for skincare. And I'm just, like, waiting there, like, oh, what's she, what's she going to say? <laughs> and I thought, you'd be like, this oil, this treatment. And she goes... Um, like try to eliminate like all stressors in your life and like all her three tips all had to do with like mental health and I was like wow yes power to you it's so true yeah I'm so excited was it Lorraine Haddish no my oh. gosh what's her name I don't know I think it might have been the skincare itself and not her as her like I forget mm. what I follow <laughs> I follow too many people yeah <laughs> You're like, oh my god, I don't know what these guys are. There's a there's a yogi person. I'm gonna send you her link, um, and she's just like fabulous. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. In her story, it's just anywho. One of my friends interviewed her for her podcast, and I oh, really? fell in yeah. love. I'm like, oh my god, you're so cool. Um, but you know what? It is true with the stress thing. It's the stress. If the more you stress, the more wrinkles. And then <laughs> we're gonna have to go get Botox, and we don't have money for that. So no, no Botox. Yeah. <laughs> no Botox. <laughs> Um, I have to ask, what piece of advice do you have? So this is a question I ask everybody. Like, what piece of advice do you have for your younger self? Mm. So if you saw Molly at 20, you know, rocking the streets of where? Somewhere in the world (laughs) because you were everywhere. Yeah. Um, What would you say to her? Yeah, I think um, it all serves a purpose. Like, it all serves a purpose. And I wouldn't want to change anything because I wouldn't be where I am now or know what I know now. But I would just tell her, like, what you're going through now, one day it'll all make sense. And what is it? There, there's um, purpose within the pain. Like, there's a purpose why you are going through this. How and are you I, just going to drop this off you right now? <laughs> what? It's, it's not profound, shut, no. Shut yeah, it down. I'm shutting yeah. it down this podcast. That's it. You guys seem yeah. too much to me every there's episode. A, there's <laughs> always a reason we go through what we go through. And it's hard to figure it out then and sometimes you don't understand it for a really long time so it's hard to sit there and be okay with it but yeah there's purpose within the pain like purpose you, within the pain yeah. you have literally <laughs> can you name your next book that for the love of God <laughs> oh man you just blew right now this whole episode just went like oh, and there's you. like lights everywhere oh. um that yeah. was awesome so you've given us the why like figure out your yeah, why yeah I have to know the why um, what your triggers are yeah. how to exit gracefully like how to put yourself first mm-hmm. and say no mm-hmm. hey I gotta go I'm sorry mm-hmm. like that promotion it's gonna and that, that will only come though from also like checking in throughout so you have to you know maybe you go to the bathroom and you just take a few seconds like hand on heart breathing like okay how am I feeling right now what do I need do I need to leave can I stay you know, just really checking in because you, you like sometimes you want to stay like that. That can be extremely healing to have like 
connection because sometimes mm-hmm. for me I know being alone was a huge problem for me mm-hmm. I needed that that human connection so going home and then being alone in my apartment by myself was actually could be harmful so being there talking having really you know uh, soulful conversations or just really deep connections I would have missed out if I was like I just gotta go mm-hmm. but um so feel into it really be honest with yourself because sometimes it is going to be more beneficial to stay and maybe connect with a friend that really needs you so you never know but it will only it will only come from connecting throughout so you have to just take those minutes to pull yourself back and and come back to the present what has meditation and yoga done for you yeah it's so funny like uh, people always have these like amazing like revelations like yoga changed my life and meditation changed my life and i do it every day but I've never had this just this aha moment of like this changed my life because I think it was a very slow process when I started it I hated it I hated yoga I thought it was so stupid I I did like I, I think right now <laughs> I just thought like I'm because I had that mentality of I had to go get a workout in so mm. it wasn't a workout I came from a like a rhythmic gymnastics background so being flexible I was like this is just I don't understand they have these poses I can do them I don't understand what this is doing and so then I found hot yoga and I got into that for the wrong reasons thinking I'll just go and I'll have this massive sweat session and I'll Mm. feel great and I just was never in it for the right reasons and then I started going to a yoga class in like a random gym in Australia so I was living there um, and I went every Monday and all of a sudden I was walking down the street one day and I was like hmm the weeks that I go to yoga on Monday, I just feel a little bit more balanced. And then that was the connection. I was like, okay, yoga is no longer a workout for me. I never do it thinking it's a workout. It's just simply coming back home to my body. It's just, it's a reconnection. Because in that, I've had to work on that reconnection so mm-hmm. much over the years. So that's what yoga was for me. It was it was connect reconnecting my mind to my body. Because when you're in a pose that's really uncomfortable and mm-hmm. people are like, you have to be uncomfortable and just breathe through it. That's what happens at a social get-together. You're uncomfortable, but you have to breathe through it. You have to sit there and you mm-hmm. have to just feel that discomfort and not do anything. And there, there's like quotes like, you know, how you are on your mat is how you are off your mat. Like you just have to, to feel it. Um, and I think that was the slow progression that yoga had for me. It was being able to slowly begin to realize how I could feel my feelings that were really uncomfortable meditation how that has played into it I don't know like every time I meditate it's different I mm-hmm. I don't do TM or transcendental I I've just always I, I began doing a guided meditation from Gabrielle Bernstein that was like my gateway into all of this I listened to a, a guided meditation which I had to at the beginning because mm-hmm. I needed someone to talk to me um, and now I, I just mostly want to sit in silence or with some type of background music but um it's just it can be so quick like a meditation can literally be one inhale one exhale boom that's it just that quick second of recentering it doesn't have to be 20 minutes and another thing is that your mind won't shut off so it doesn't have to be let's silence our mind it's let's notice how crazy we're thinking today (laughs) you know like every time in the morning i'm like oh my god today i'm super anxious Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. just wow now i know that so i can go about my day a little bit differently Mm-hmm. I felt that. I felt like everything you just said. Like this is wild. This is why I do this thing. This is why I podcast. This is. I'm glad you do. I can. I would love to do this. It's so like I remember asking you, but I'm like, how do you podcast? You need to have one. Literally, like it would yeah. be like the most therapeutic thing. 
Um, I would just talk to myself and like <laughs> talk in circles. I, I think once I get going, I just wouldn't be able to stop. Yeah. <laughs> You, you need to start one. Make that a 2020 goal. Even mm. if it's like a six-part series or something like that, uh, mm. definitely take take a whirl at it. I have to now give you the floor. Um, where can like our viewers mm. find you? Let us know the title of this book and where we can mm. buy it. Like you know, just just yeah, buy. yeah. I know it's still so weird to say I have a book. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, Instagram really is the only place that I would be. Um, I think what's my name? M Zeraldo. If you, uh, I'm sure oh, you'll yeah. be able to find that on the podcast. My last name. So yeah, Molly Zeraldo. The book is called The Only Way Out, and it's. I always just say it's just poetry. It's not like a real book, but it's poetry, and it's mm-hmm. yes, it's about a lot of different topics, but it's largely about my recovery and. What I hope is, yes, like why I put it out there, because it was hard to put it out there, but I was like, if someone can read this and it helps them, that was my why. But I think also if you know someone that's struggling or you know someone that has an eating disorder or is going through something, if you were to read some of the poems, it might help you get some insight into what they might be going through from a mental perspective, because it's, it's really hard to understand. Mm-hmm um if you've never been through it so yes so yeah and that there's always a link in my bio to that but it's on amazon i think yeah it's on amazon perfect molly thank you thank so you Hannah. thank you so much like thank you <laughs> so much like i i can't express this like and all this happened just from like us having breakfast together that one morning <laughs> and you i just thought it was a joke i thought you like said it to be nice i was like there's no way like i don't have like there's no way you're gonna walk on a podcast i don't do anything like I'm not any some sort of entrepreneur because um, I was looking at who was on your podcast. But um, yeah, no, thank you. And just like for doing what you do. And yeah, and you've, you've held me accountable for a few things <laughs> that have like upped my game. So yes, thank you for doing this work. You yes. are welcome. And you are an entrepreneur and you're a kick-ass <laughs> person. Like, don't, don't let the ground fool you. you, oh, I, you. I only gravitate towards people that vibe with me. Even though they don't see it, I see yeah, it. Yeah. So you're definitely a rock star. And thank oh, you for dropping so you. many gems on here. If you guys loved her and you know somebody that needs this poetry book, press buy. Put it in your cart and press buy on Amazon. I was going to say click play. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being on here. This is your favorite host, Advice from Hannah. Wishing you the best day ever. Toodles. Yay!